Hello and welcome to The Silver King's War. I'm Michael Sievers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today, we continue with the letters that the Silver King wrote from bomber school in Carlsbad, New Mexico. The Silver King's writing continues on Sundays, and this on Sunday, October 3rd, 1943, is a dense and annotated letter. Dearest ones, I'm terribly sorry I wasn't able to reach you by phone this morning. At a little after eight, your time, I put the call through, but the operator said there was no answer at your end. I suppose you were sleeping and the phone wasn't loud enough to awaken you. Nonetheless, I told her to keep trying, and then the lines became jammed. I waited close to two hours with no luck. I just tried again around noon, but there is a long delay. Perhaps later this afternoon I'll be able to reach you. I could have gone to town this week as the squadron was eligible for passes. However, I didn't care anything about it. This might sound funny coming from me. You might think me to be sick. Quite the contrary, though. I feel swell, and I'm in the pink of condition. I knew that if I had gone in, I would have taken too much to drink, which might have been harmful. I've got another tough physical exam to go through before I finish, and it's too late in the game to start horsing around. I can't afford to take any unnecessary chances with wanting a commission as badly as I do. Besides, there will be many weekends to come, and it's a damn sure thing I need rest more than running around. It's been another hectic week, but I can't complain. The course is so interesting that the days just seem to fly by. Before you know it, I'll have those bars and wings. It was all navigation this past week. The exam yesterday was a Lulu. It was another of those four-hour affairs, and it took me every minute to finish. I had to log an imaginary flight using dead reckoning and pilotage. It's difficult to differentiate between the two, but I'll try the dead reckoning is an art of navigating a plane solely by the use of instruments. With an altimeter, an airspeed indicator, a thermometer, and a watch, I can fly a plane to any destination and give you an estimated time of arrival. It's a pretty good trick if you can do it. Pilotage is navigating by the use of a map and the ground. Using the landmarks, which can be found on a map, will tell you where you are and the direction in which you're heading. This is the much simpler of the two, but both are difficult. A log is something like bookkeeping. Every five minutes, entries such as the course, altitude, and airspeed must be made. In other words, the navigator is busy all the time and gets a very little rest. That's the main purpose of this school. 
With a little knowledge of navigation, the bombardier can be a big relief to the navigator. The big test will be Tuesday. I'm to navigate a plane on a 400-mile mission. That will be our first trip up at this station. I'm looking forward to it with great anxiety as I'm anxious to see exactly what I'm capable of doing. Some of the fellows are going tomorrow with their destinations such as Amarillo, Sweetwater, and Phoenix. As yet, I don't know where I will go. I will be told tomorrow. Believe me, it's all very exciting. I didn't get the trainers this week as I had originally thought. Instead, I will begin on them tomorrow. It will be a couple of weeks yet before I begin to bomb. I've only learned the mechanism of the bomb site so far. The trainers will give me the first opportunity to operate it. It surely is a complicated affair. I don't know if I wrote you that the commanding officer here is the fellow who Pat O'Brien portrayed in the movie Bombardier. He's really a swell fellow, even though he is a colonel. He came into our classroom the other day, and we had a regular bull session with him. Sherry and I plan to have a talk with him before we graduate, you know, just like it was in the movie. I went to the chapel on the post for service Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday nights. It wasn't impressive at all, but better than nothing. There isn't a chaplain on the post, so it was conducted by a soldier and a layman half-Orthodox and half-Reform. For Yom Kippur, I can obtain a three-day pass to go to El Paso to attend temple, but as yet haven't decided whether I shall or not. I'm not sure if I can afford to miss the work. So far, I know of only two fellows that are going. If more decide to go, then I will too. I've been exceedingly fortunate in receiving mail this past week. Besides your letter, mother, and yours, dad, I received two from Leona, a card from Bluma May, and a very sweet one from Ida. You know, I appreciate these more than I can say. I only regret I haven't the time to answer them individually. I do want to thank you both for your wonderful wishes Tell Ida all my letters include her too. And when I say love to Ida, my whole heart is in it. I hope it won't be too long before Leona is settled again. Poor kid, I can imagine what she would give for Ida right now. It would be swell if you could come out next month. But don't you think it would be wiser to wait until graduation? January isn't too far off, and it's such a long trip. Besides, I want you to see me as an officer, not as a cadet. I haven't had a chance to take the pictures, as the weather is still rather nasty. Just be patient. The sweaters still haven't arrived yet. I'll let you know when they do. And thanks a million for sending them. Keep well and stay as sweet as you are. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. The king, in an unusual postscript, 
advises his parents to buy an October 9th issue of Collier's Magazine because he says there's a swell write-up about his training in it. Fate, if I hadn't washed out, I would have graduated as a pilot last Friday. And he says that the enclosed papers are the records I made as an aerial gunner. It shows the amount of hits I made and that part of the target. Keep them. The Silver King is now a month into his training to become a bombardier and navigator. And he continues to write long and descriptive letters, generally on Sundays. And this one is dated Sunday, October 10th, 1943. Dearest ones, it was swell talking to you and Aunt Lena this morning. I'm so glad I was able to get through. It would have been a great disappointment if I hadn't. I was surprised when Aunt Lena got on the phone. I had no idea she was there. It really made me homesick. I had a swell weekend, a much better time than I had expected. As you know, there isn't anything at all to the town. And to make things even worse, the cadets aren't allowed in but two bars. These are in the only two hotels in town, and there is dancing in but one of them. The other places are off-limits to all officers and cadets, I guess we still hold a fairly high rating. Nevertheless, I had a wonderful time, and maybe it was because I hadn't been out in so long. Sherry, Stampler, and I met three very nice girls, and we had a swell party. We danced until two in the morning. I was so rusty at it, it took me a few hours to get in the groove. But when I did, I went to town. A middle-aged couple sitting by the floor called me over when I finished a rumba number and said I was the best dancer on the floor. And it was crowded, too, so I guess I still know how. We stayed in town overnight at the La Caverna Hotel. I had a big soft bed, and it was undoubtedly the best night's rest I've had in a long time. After talking to you, I went back to bed until two o'clock in the afternoon. I must have been pretty tired to have slept late like that. When we got up finally, we went to a tea dance given for the cadets at the USO. This was extremely nice also. I never expected there would be so many young girls in Carlsbad. Some were very cute too. I danced and danced all afternoon. It's been a long time since I've had so much fun. I came back to the base after the dance, ready for another week of hard work. It's Monday night now. I didn't have a chance to finish this before lights out last night. I've got a lot to tell you, so I'll start from the beginning. I'll begin with my navigation missions. My mission last Tuesday was to Sweetwater, Texas. On the missions, we don't land, just go over the town and return home. It was 190 air miles to destination and a swell trip. It took us about three hours to make the round trip. I was so busy on the way down, I didn't have time to watch the scenery. 
I was doing dead reckoning on the trip there and pilotage on the way back. When doing dead reckoning, I must make five-minute entries in a log with the instrument readings, so I was a busy boy the whole time. As navigator, I was in complete command of the ship. The pilot has to go, as I directed. I felt pretty important dishing out orders. It gave me quite a thrill and a great deal of self-satisfaction when we reached the destination. I didn't prove to be such a hot navigator as I missed destination by five miles and estimated time of arrival was three minutes early. I had trouble reading the drift meter as it was my first experience with it. That's what threw me so far off course. And my ETA was early on account of this too, as I couldn't determine the wind and correct ground speed. I must have a correct drift reading so the wind won't blow me off course. On the way back, I did pilotage. This gave me the chance to look out as I sat in the nose of the ship and wasn't quite as busy. When doing that, I just follow the path of the plane on a map so I know exactly where I am at all times. It's much easier said than done as it isn't always easy to recognize landmarks from so high up. Believe it or not, I feel much surer of myself when I do DR, even though I can't see the ground. Friday, we went to Albuquerque, and this time I did pilotage on the way there and really enjoyed it. It was a most scenic trip due to the high mountains. We had to fly at 9,000 feet all the way. It was quite cold at that altitude, too. That's where my heavy sweater comes in so handy. I was very much surprised at the size of the city. It looked fairly large from the air. I only wish we could land on these missions, but no soap. On the return trip, I did dead reckoning and had much better luck. I split destinations in half, which meant I held the ship on course all the way. I was pretty proud of that, but alas, my ETA was off three minutes again. That isn't so important, though. The thing is, I hit destination on the muck. Not bad, huh? I've really covered a lot of territory thus far. All in all, I've covered over 800 miles the past week and haven't set foot in any place except Carlsbad. I was up again this morning for about an hour. I was scheduled for a day run on a bomb run, but the ceiling was too low to reach a good altitude. Instead, I had a calibration mission. I had to calibrate an airspeed indicator. This is correcting the instrument for installation and instrument error, which is necessary for navigation missions. We fly at 200 feet at six different airspeeds over a course of three miles. Then, with the temperature and computer, I am able to compute the correct airspeed. I know it all must sound complicated to you. 
It's difficult to try to explain it to you. I hope you get the general idea. I was in the trainer all last week. It's exactly as you saw it in the movie. It simulates an actual bombing run. I can't exactly brag as to my progress on it. Believe me, there's a great deal more to it than just twisting knobs. There's a definite procedure that must be followed, and it's all done in so few seconds. I'm glad we didn't have the dry run this morning, as it will give me more time on the trainer. I'll probably fly again Thursday, and maybe by that time I'll have it perfect. There is so much I could tell you about it if I were allowed to, but as you know, it's against regulations. Just wait until the war is over, and then I'll tell you some real stories. Saturday, I had the usual exam. However, it was only a two-hour one. It was made up of three parts, armament, radio, and the automatic pilot. Now, there is another really ingenious device. The automatic pilot is just what it says, a device that flies the plane as a human pilot would fly it, only better. I'm certainly getting a marvelous education. There won't be much I don't know about a plane when this war is over. So far, I've received only one grade, and that was a 90 in the automatic pilot. I don't remember if I wrote you that I made a 94 in the navigation exams the week before. I've got a swell ground school average thus far for the course, if I can only master the bomb site now, I'll get there okay. Frankly, I'm not worried at all. I feel very confident about the whole thing. As I've written you, I think it would be much easier for you to make your trip here for graduation. It would be a terribly tiresome trip for you spending so much time on the train. And besides, I wouldn't be able to spend any time at all with you. You see, I'm not like an enlisted man. I can't get out except Saturday night and Sunday. Obviously, I wouldn't be able to be with you during the week. There are only 13 more weeks to go, and I'm sure it will pass before you know it, and I'll be able to go back home with you then. Don't you think it would be better to wait? I didn't go to El Paso for the holidays because of the mission Friday. If I had messed it up, it would have put me behind, and I can't afford that just now. I didn't have to be ashamed of not going because none of the Jewish fellows went. We did go to services here on the post. I think I've been to services more times since I've been in the Army than I did altogether while in civilian life. I was certainly surprised to hear of the kids selling the house. I never would have believed they would do it, but I guess the situation necessitates it. I received a letter from Leona today. She doesn't sound too disappointed. I guess living so near the Baileys and her friends will be a lot of company for her. 
they were lucky to have found such a close place. I just hope Richie won't be too confined after having such a swell yard to play in. She also wrote of her plans to go home after moving. She surely will need the rest, as I can imagine what a job it will be. Mother dear, I would love to have some knitted socks. It's sweet of you to offer to make me some. I'm just worried whether you can finish them before winter is over. Just mind your eyes and don't go straining them. Well, I've written almost a book, and I think I've given you all the news. I really feel swell and everything is fine. I miss you terribly, but it won't be long before we're together again. The war should be over soon. Keep well, dears, and write soon. Love to Ida. God bless you both. I love you and miss you, Stan. Yes, our hero, the Silver King, almost wrote a book. It was a seven-page letter filled with dense information and excitement on his part. And you have reached the end of part two of the King's Letters from Carlsbad, New Mexico, and Bomber School. And you are listening to the Silver King's War.